peoples of the worldwide federated internet, what's good? Okay, so today we're going to do some uh, explorations of history. Um, when going through the book of Jonah, I was very intrigued by all of the historical implications. So this book kind of, I read through it a little differently this time. The book of Jonah definitely has spiritual implications, absolutely. Um, the Lord Jesus Christ cited the book of Jonah and a specific happening in the book of Jonah. So I'll definitely deal with and get to that. So I'm going to read about the first three verses. If you have not watched my previous video, kind of my precursor and historical backdrop to the book of Jonah, it was probably, I want to say, uh, three or four episodes ago. So you can look for that. I, I believe the title is the historical backdrop for the book of Jonah. I will on my YouTube video, I will add a card for that uh, for that video somewhere up top. Um, anyway, the book of Jonah. Why did this book intrigue me so much? I learned so much about the history of this time when I started reading through this book months ago. So this journey for me in the book of Jonah probably started, I want to say, yeah, say mid, beginning to mid 2020. For some reason, I wanted to go to the book of Jonah, got to the book of Jonah, started reading, and I was like, whoa, this is going to be a different journey than I thought it was going to be. Because as I, as I stated the other day, my studies are not static, so they change. I, I will do different things when I'm I'm in different books. And the book of Jonah is one of those books where I was like, okay, wow, uh, I'm this is not going in a direction that I thought it was going to go. So anyway, without further ado, the book of Jonah chapter one, let's get into this. All right. So I already went through verse one and verse two in my historical backdrop video to the book of Jonah. So I'm going to read the verses. I'm not going to focus on them too much. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, now uh, you can you can find out about Jonah, where he was born. If you cross-reference Amittai, it'll take you to, I believe, the book of 2 Kings chapter 14, Talks about Amittai, where he was from, thus showing you where Jonah was from. Uh, he was from Gath Heifer. If you look up Gath Heifer today, you won't really, you won't really find it. There's a a village north east of Nazareth called Mashada, and there's a place in in that that village, that town thought to be Gath Heifer, and that place is called. Tell, tell Gat Heifer, I believe is what it's called today. And it's in the town of Mashada. Like I said, it's northeast 
of um, Nazareth uh, in the Galilee region, which is interesting because if you remember the, the comment in the Gospels, can any good thing come out of, uh, I think, it was, was it out of Nazareth or Galilee? I think it was Nazareth. So I guess that, you know, I, I can see their comment. Jonah wasn't necessarily from Nazareth. It was north east of that anyway so you can you can look into all of that um i'm not saying that people who believe that that is uh the place gath heifer there's different views of where some of these places are other than the region typically being the same all right so you can get all of that from verse one again i kind of discovered that when I started reading through the book of Jonah, because it's a small book and you typically think small books don't have much, but I was greatly mistaken, especially when I actually started looking into and cross-referencing verses. Okay, so arise, go to Nineveh, this verse two, that great city and cry against it for their wickedness is come before me. I went over all of that what Nineveh is, uh, when you go to the other video I did, the precursor to this, I explained that Nineveh is the capital, the seat of the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrians were brutal. They tortured their, 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 uh, uh, the people who they captured. They, they tortured these people. They are thought to be the originators of crucifixion as a form of torture. When I tell you these dudes were brutal, it was on a level to this point unparalleled. Okay, so, but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And, uh, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare thereof and went down uh, and went down into it to go uh, uh, with them unto Tarshish and from the presence of the Lord. Hilarious because, of course, he thinks that he can escape God. But don't be so quick to 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 fall down and, and judge Jonah, because many of us believe the same thing. Think about the times where you have sinned, where you have violated God. And in your mind, you were thinking, probably not thinking anything, really not, not thinking at all. But you in that moment, you forget that God is everywhere. Where can you go where God isn't? So anyway, why did Jonah flee to Tarshish? And this is where I stopped and started doing a whole bunch of research that led me to a whole bunch of different things. And I'm not going to get into all of that because it would just be too much. But the first thing I want to do is I want to go to a map and go over a little bit of, of the different things uh, people think about Tarshish and, and a lot of these things in general. So I'm going to go to this map. So we're on Google Maps. And if you look at uh, Israel, just to show you where Joppa is, it is this place right here. Uh, if you're looking, okay. So if you're, if you're, 
if you're looking at the screen, if you're watching the video rather, you'll see Tel Aviv. If you go southwest of Tel Aviv, you see Jaffa. That is a, a thought to be and widely accepted to be where Joppa is, seaport, right? So this is where Jonah left out from. This is where it gets interesting. So nobody really knows where Tarshish is. So I'm going to expand this map and kind of go over some of the different places that people assumed Tarshish was. Now, some people have a thought that Tarshish was in Turkey. I personally disagree with that. And there is many scholars who disagree. The reason I disagree, right? When you look over here to Iraq, Northern Iraq would be Mosul. I think somewhere around this region. I can't remember exactly where, but anyway, that's where Nineveh is. Now to my knowledge, if, if, if I'm not mistaken, and especially at this point, Assyria controlled much of this area right here, even going into Turkey. So clearly Jonah is trying to get away from what God told him to do. I don't think it makes sense that Jonah would go into an area controlled by Assyria. This is he's trying to escape the seat of the Assyrian Empire. So why would he go there? Right. And there's again, like I said, there's many ideas and different theories about where Tarshish is. Nobody really knows. It's one of those mysteries. Intriguing to me. Now, I'm not telling you that. What I'm saying matters uh, to the greater scope of the Bible and, and, and what all of this means in a book of Jonah. It doesn't. This is just, again, my study. This is what has intrigued me. So I got this article pulled up and I'm going to read some of the article and kind of go over some of the different theories and, and different things people think about Tarshish. And this uh, this uh, article is on Britom.org. I'm not telling you this is a trustworthy website. I don't know much about it, but it kind of um, the reason I wanted to use this is it kind of aggregated all of the information that I've been looking up and different things I've seen. And it kind of covers all of this stuff within this within this article. So I didn't have to jump from article to article and read a bunch of different things. All right. So uh, the Septuagint, the Greek version of the Old Testament translated Tarshish as Carthage, though at, the t at that time, Carthage in uh, Tunis, North Africa, also ruled over the former areas of Tarshish in Spain. Spain is one of the places that people believe Tarshish was. Now, the reason for that is there's, there's different biblical references I'm not necessarily going to go over all of that, but if Jonah was trying to escape this, so the Assyrian empire from, from what I understand expanded from Iraq at the time, all of this Mesopotamia at the time kind of went into Iran a little bit and over into Turkey, their, their expansion, especially for that time was quite large. So Jonah went to Jaffa, right? seaport if you were to zoom in again i'm on a map right now if you to zoom into israel it was a seaport 
why would Jonah go to this seaport only to take a boat that would take him back to Turkey? If that's the direction he wanted to go, he could have traveled along the coast. Now, granted, a ship may have been slightly faster, but that just doesn't make sense. One of the places assumed to be Tarshish is here in Spain. That makes more sense. Now, I'm not telling you where exactly Tarshish was. I don't know. And there's many people, scholars who've looked into this that don't know. But I will say, I believe more likely it's in this, this Spain region than it would be anywhere near Turkey. And there's many reasons for that, right? Different places uh, Tarshish is mentioned, I think in a book of Isaiah, Tarshish is mentioned more than any other book. Anyway, all right, so going back to the article, Julius Africanus thought Tarshish was another name for the islands of Rhodes or for Cyprus. Uh, there is a city in Sicily named Tarsus, a Phoenician inscription in Sardinia mentions Tarshish, but exactly in what context is not clear. The name Tarshish was explained as connoting furnace in Akkadian uh, and Phoenician, and therefore as possibly applicable to nearly any Phoenician colony specializing in metallurgy. Similarly, William F. Albright and several others with him suggested that it referred to mines for precious ores and was applied to certain countries which produced them. Cyrus Gordon related the name Tarshish to a Semitic root also found in the Greek uh, uh, thalassos, meaning sea. This explanation is close to that of the Talmud, which, however, seems to connect Tarshish to the ocean and the Atlantic Ocean in particular. And here's what's funny about that. I didn't know this. Now, none of this is definitive, right? I guess there was some research done and some iron ore or something like that, some some different irons and metals in, in the Middle Eastern region around uh, Israel and all those surrounding countries that has been linked to Britain. So there's some who believe that Tarshish might have actually been the island of Britain. Um, and I don't know exactly how they link those metals to uh, Britain, something to do with the composition and uh, different properties found there and found in your, I don't know all the details, right? I'm not a scientist, so I'm not going to sit here and act like I understand all the ins and outs of that. I'm just presenting to you the different theories that I've come across. And this may not be intriguing to you and you may not care about this in your study, but I'm telling you, this is for an information junkie like me. I'm not going to say a history buff. I always say an enthusiast. This is incredibly interesting. Okay, C. Gordon uh, attempts to interpret the name Tarshish with the fine dark sea of Homer. Journal of Near Eastern Studies, 37, 1978, pages 51 and 52. Uh, 
Attic Thalata, meaning sea, becomes Thalassa in Doric. Cyrus Gordon has been quoted as identifying Tarshish with America. Now, here is what's funny about that. There are theories that one of the places Solomon sent ships to retrieve and get all the gold and, and different items, precious metals that, that was used was the Americas. I don't know that that's true, and I'm not telling you that, that that's a thing, but remember, if you believe the Bible and you understand that civilization, for the most part, started in the Africa slash Middle Eastern region. I don't think anybody would deny that, right? This is this is where humanity was spread from biblically. What no one ever asked, right, is how did people get from that region? Where did those people in the Americas come from? How did they get there? When you look at many of them, right, and I'm and I'm I'm talking before the uh before the Spaniards, right, and the Europeans came to the Americas and colonized, when you looked at the native people and you looked at how they looked, Native Americans in both uh North, Central, and South America, they actually do look very Middle Eastern, right? And I could easily see how people from that region would have traveled. Obviously, they traveled across the water, right? So if you believe the Bible, which I'm assuming if you listen to this podcast that you do, then there's many theories. Scientists have many theories about, you know, all of the continents being one and separating and and all of that. Personally, I I don't know if that's true. I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to tell you it is or it isn't. What I am going to say is. I believe the landscape of the planet drastically changed after the flood. Nonetheless, it was Noah and his family. How did they spread from the Middle Eastern region where they were? Remember, the ark rested on the mountains of Ararat. That's in Turkey. So they, from that region, somehow people winded up in the Americas. So is it beyond the realm of possibility that they were traveling to and fro from that side of, from this side of the planet and back? Yeah, it's possible. Uh, Clearly they had to somehow, right? People, people also assume that, you know, uh, uh, the Northern trail, I can't remember what it was called. People walked all the way across, you know, across ice and snow and all of that was all, all of these things are possible. Needless to say, somehow people got from the Middle Eastern region over to the Americas. Very interesting, right? And there have been discoveries of Hebrew writings in North and South America, the thing is, a lot of this stuff is not widely reported. You don't see it discussed by many people, but these are actual things like this is not some crackpot conspiracy. Very intriguing. This stuff is supremely intriguing. I'll read a little bit more of this article. The biblical expression ships of Tarshish is often explained as a general term for ships sailing on long distance voyages. There is, however, 
no proof for this uh, supposition. In our opinion, ships of Tarshish mean ships from the place, Tarshish, or from the direction of Tarshish. This is the simple meaning of the Hebrew text. Uh, Emmanuel Vlakovsky uh, thought Tarshish was Crete or its chief city, Gnosis. Ages of Chaos, Volume 1, uh, Section Troglodytes or uh, Carrions, uh, uh, number 17. Some former British uh, Israel writings identified Tarshish with the British Isles. They claimed without providing any reference uh, as far as we are aware that the name Tarshish is to be found applied to Britain on old maps. Uh, 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 Dar Darbois de Jubineval, I'm pretty sure I slaughtered that name, Jubineville maybe, a foremost French scholar believed that at one time Tarshish had ruled over all of Spain and most of Gaul. Again, these things are super interesting. I'm not saying these are things that you definitely have to believe in, in order to have some kind of understanding of what was going on in the book of Jonah. But the one thing I will say is these historical things matter because one thing it does it helps me to understand that Jonah was trying to get, for whatever reason, as far away from Assyria as possible. And I think, as I said before, on top of him being rebellious, I think Jonah also had other, other motivations for trying to get away from Assyria. They were brutal and they were enemies of Israel. And he did not want those people to be helped and have mercy. Is it wicked? Yes. But his response is human, and I understand it. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.